welcome to episode 47 of the High Sensitivity Gaming Podcast. On this podcast, we talk about weekly video game and movie news. We also talk about what we played or watched during the week. If this is your first time here, my name's Barry with my co-host. My name's Craig. And as you can see, if this makes it to YouTube, we're on video now. Or <laughs> we have done it. attempting video. Yeah. So you get to see both of our ugly mugs uh, for a <laughs> full its hour. In its full glory. Yep. Yeah, if you really feel like it, at least. <laughs> We'll go ahead and get into the news then, just because there, there there's a decent amount of news, I guess. Uh, first topic for me is, the by the time this airs, the Nintendo Direct will have aired on Wednesday, and I should have already streamed it on Twitch. So, if you want a breakdown of what I think of the announcements or anything like that, just go ahead and check the Twitch page, High Sensitivity Gaming, and it'll be there. We've been streaming a lot more often now, so there's there's some stuff there if you want to find it. Yeah, um, predictions. Give them to me. So there's going to be a new Smash Fighter. Um, okay. I'm pretty sure they've they've said that much, but it's also games in the first half of 2021, where I don't think Breath of the Wild 2 is going to be first. Uh, I don't know, actually. <laughs> you think they're going to announce? I mean, they got to announce something because they don't have anything right now, right? Yeah, I, I just think we're going to see... I think they're going to announce what new Pokemon stuff is coming out later this year. Okay. Um, I more in-depth look at Snap, maybe? Yeah, more in-depth look at Snap is probably a pretty safe choice. I just, it says on games in the first half of 2021, which right. Pokemon has never really come out on the first half of 2021. Right. It's usually been during the holiday season. And hmm. then we have Breath of the Wild, you know, the original came out in march so right. we might get you know uh, breath of the wild 2 in that time but they would hype that up to heck and the fact that it's february plus this um, is the isn't this the anniversary for zelda right yes it's so maybe we get like another remaster yeah and then nintendo is kind of a bunch of anniversaries it's been the 35th for mario it's been the right. 25th for pokemon and it's been the 30th for zelda right so no, this is it. If there was a golden year for Nintendo, it should have been last year slash this year. So, so I've been seeing I've been seeing a lot of people saying like they're who what they think the remastered collections would be like a Twilight Princess or something. Since I don't really play them that much, what two if they put two together, which ones would you want? So I think what they should do is don't you know as much as people would love another like they could cash grab a do ocarina of time right um but i think you know that's been on how many platforms though yeah that's been on n64 it's been Mm. released on virtual console 3ds that kind of thing i know one that they need to do is skyward sword right Uh, regardless of the motion control type stuff skyward sword is really the only game we've seen that has not been ported to a more popular console uh the the wii u and it's probably going to be the to Twilight Princess and Skyward Sword for the fact that the Twilight Princess got rebooted to Wii U and the Wii U, as we all know, is a failing console or a failed console. And right. Nintendo would like to bury that up as much as they possibly could. So now those those two were heavy on the motion controls, right? The it didn't have to be. They okay. created a Twilight Princess when the original came out for GameCube and Wii. So okay. You can map it to regular controls just fine. Um, 
Skyward Sword would be very difficult because Skyward Sword, you know, the enemies would block and you had to swing your sword a certain way in order to hit them. Right. That's not really something that you can, unless you can move one analog stick while locking on and point the sword where you want to swing and press some sort of button, it'd right. be pretty hard. But the gyroscope and the Joy-Cons isn't too bad. And I think if, you know, there's not a lot of motion games out for the Switch in general. Yeah. So if you wanted to make a make a motion control game that maybe controlled better than it did on Wii, that might be a, a cool surprise for people. I could see them doing that because when I was playing the the Super Mario 3D collection and I got to Super Mario Galaxy and I've been using just a regular controller and I realized that I couldn't <laughs> like I had to use the motion controls. I was a little like surprised by that. But if they're willing to do that, I could see them being like, all right, well, you have to use the motion controls, the joy cons for these. I don't think too many people would be upset. You just wouldn't be able to technically play it, holding it in your hand. That would be the hardest part. Right. And then at that point, like, I guess I guess really the only stopping point that I'm running into that is the fact that the Switch Lite, you wouldn't be able to play the game on the Switch oh, Lite. That's right. Yeah. The Joy-Cons don't pop off. Mm. So now that I think about it, it would have to be one of like the. The strangest re remasterings we've seen. Yeah. If they completely remapping to it to controls would be interesting. Yeah. And not only that, you would then have to if they end up not doing that and making it like motion control, then you have kind of the 3ds situation over again, where toward the end of the 3ds cycle, you had games coming out for only the quote unquote new Nintendo 3ds. Right. And I don't think Nintendo wants to alienate any part of their, um, their demographic right now because the switch is selling so well. Did I imagine in my head that they mentioned that some games in the future may not run on the switch light. So that was, I imagining that, uh, you know, it, it sounds familiar to me as well. <laughs> okay. So I don't I don't think you're wrong. Okay. Could be interesting. Like I just don't have the Zelda background to know like which are good ones to pick other than playing through Ocarina of Time a bunch of times, but I never played any of the ones on Wii. Um and I don't think I played any of the ones on Super Nintendo way back in the day either. But well they're 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 just so different. Yeah. That you know, a lot of the times, you know, people a lot of people picked up Link's Awakening and were like, oh, this is what Zelda used to be. <laughs> Right. People, people just had no clue. Yeah, it's true. Um, all right, I'll hit you with one movie related. We had uh, Gina Gina Carano getting booted from The Mandalorian. <laughs> um, wasn't the first time that she said some controversial comments there, but I think this was kind of Disney being like, all right, time to move on. I don't think it's a huge, huge loss. I liked her character, but she could very easily be written off in a sentence or two at the beginning of the next season, I think. Just be like, oh, she's off doing her her own thing. And, you know, we don't need to see her in again. But just thought it was interesting how quick this time that they're like, all right, you're done. See ya. <laughs> yeah, I was listening to a podcast um, today and they kind of mentioned the whole uh, the Gina thing. Mm-hmm. Like one, I think the next season of The Mandalorian is going to be refocused on taking Mandalore back. So I don't think she was going to be in it much to begin with yeah. unless there was maybe a, a mid-season episode where it's her and the... Um, the other guy uh, that's on that planet, like yeah. doing a one-off thing, like a kind of a mid-season break, if you will. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's controversial, but like, I I don't get why people have to air their stuff out in public all the time. Yeah. Like, she she had to have been making good money on Mandalorian, and I just don't see why more people don't go. Okay, these are my views. I can keep them to myself. I don't yeah. have to put it out on the internet. 
and that way I get to keep my job. <laughs> you have to, I think when you're involved with something that big and it's Disney particularly, you have to be very careful what you say because Disney above all will protect their brands at all costs. So if that means kicking you off immediately, that's what's going to happen. So I don't know, I guess, yeah, those kind of, you can have your own ideas, but just don't throw them out there on Twitter. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. Yep. But on that same type of scale, we got Pedro Pascal and yeah. Bella Ramsey to be cast as Joel and Ellie in HBO's the last of us. Me personally, and, I really wanted uh, Nikolai Waldar Kojar from Game of Thrones, uh, Jamie Lannister to do it because mm -hmm. I, I saw mock-up pictures. He would have looked exactly like Joel. Um, good for Pedro Pascal. I just, uh, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm waiting for burnout. I'm waiting for people yep. to be like, you know, Pedro's in too many things. Yeah. When does he sleep? Yeah. This man is doing literally everything right now. I guess, I mean, good on him for capitalizing on his popularity um i was a little iffy at first when they announced it but i'm sure it'll be fine now i'm just more worried about one do we need this show and two will it be written well i guess because I, I just think, don't i don't want it to be another walking dead i don't want that yeah, <laughs> yeah and, and i hope it's not either um mm -hmm. you know this this is the kind of thing that is Lee is, you know, Pedro Pascal's a huge actor now, which you really yeah. don't see in these type of HBO shows anymore. They usually tend to get a lot of uh, not as well known actors to play in their, you know, things. So I really do think that there's a good chance that this is probably more than what meets the eye. It feels like they're trying really hard if they're willing to spend the money to get Pedro Pascal. Yeah. And, I know he's the big headliner here, but I really like Bella Ramsey being cast as Ellie. Yep. Ellie does not have to look like she does in The Last of Us. You know, it doesn't have to be a a shot for shot remake of it. And this is something that I think she'll fit well in. I really liked her character in Game of Thrones. Um, and I I wish her all the best here. I hope that, you know, I hope she gets her acting dues here. I hope people don't just go, oh, pay, you know, or swoon over Pedro Pascal the entire time if it ends up being something. Yeah, I mean, I, I it's, look, it's I HBO. I trust them. So I don't know. We, I'm sure it's still at least a year or two off before we actually see it. But yeah, I, HBO to me hasn't made too many bad shows. So I will give them the benefit of the doubt in the back of my mind, though, it is video game related and video game related movies and TV shows don't usually do well. So if it's above average, I'll be happy. Yeah, and one thing I'll mention beforehand, I'm not sure if it's on your news thing, but it's just before I forget, the Avengers trailer, uh, sorry, no, blah, the Justice League trailer for the Snyder Cut came out, and it is due to be released March 18th. So if you haven't seen it, you will, uh, or if you haven't seen the trailer, you should check it out. But um, did we talk about this on last podcast? I can't remember. I don't but, think so. <laughs> but I don't know how much an hour and a half, I think they said this movie's going to run four hours or something. I don't know how much this can add to the movie. That's going to make it this spectacular. Oh, you know, the, the, the be all end all of the justice league here, where it's yeah. the series or something, you know, that's that. I think people are coming out with unrealistic expectations for the entire thing. It almost feels like this is their way of being like, well, once you see this, you'll realize that Jared Leto as the Joker wasn't as bad as you thought. Maybe it just seemed like a heavy emphasis on like, 
more backstory and character to him, which is fine, but it's not like this doesn't seem like a hyped up promised five hour. This is going to be the greatest thing ever that we all thought it was going to be. So I don't know. I'm still going to watch it. I have no reason not to watch it. Yeah, but I'm not like pinning a whole bunch of hope that it's going to save the DC universe. Not that the DC universe is terrible, but it's obviously not on the same level as Marvel. So I don't think this is going to put it there. Yeah, what's what's kind of been strange this year is not seeing more out of DC this year, considering that last year Marvel didn't do anything. Right. If they really wanted to get a hold on or a better hold on the superhero market. It probably would have been an easier thing to release more. Than yeah. Just, you know, Wonder Woman um, 84 like when it came out. So we we see what happens with the rest of it, I guess. Yeah, that was their that was their chance. Last year was their chance. And I had so much hope in Wonder Woman and I was just it was it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't as good as I thought it would be. Yeah. Um, just real quick, I wanted to bring up the uh, Xbox's wireless headset that they announced today. Yeah. Um, did you watch their little highlight reel on it? I did not. Okay. Um, looks pretty interesting. Kind of looks like their older one that they had a while ago that did not review well, but uh, seems like a heavy emphasis on comfort. The things that I caught that I thought were kind of cool were... Um, the volume and your chat volume are on each side of your ears and you can adjust them by twisting, which I thought was a cool idea. Kind of like um, the Microsoft Surface headphones. All right. right. Correct. So they're going with the same same deal there. And then also um, it seems like better overall, like a better. I don't know if it's a full 7.1 surround sound or not, but it seems like a better headset than they've originally done. And it's only coming in at one hundred dollars, which I think is smart considering Sony has theirs for. Was there a hundred as well? The pulse? Yeah, the yeah, the opening the opening one, yeah, I think was the pulse one hundred? Oh boy. <laughs> you own it. <laughs> yeah, I know, but it's been it's been long enough I don't remember. <laughs> I don't I, remember either, but I think if it wasn't a hundred, it was real close to around there. Um yeah. but it's interesting. Like I've been looking for a new pair anyway, so this comes out in a month, March sixteenth. So I'll be interested to see the reviews on it because it looks like it's a decent headset, which would be a big step up from their last one, which was absolutely terrible. So hopefully it does well. And then, you know, they can have their own proprietary, you know, having a proprietary headset's always better because everything's yeah. just seamless with the console itself. Um, it all depends on for me, one, if it's a true surround sound, which is important for me, and then also how good the microphone is. So we wait and see. Hopefully it's good. But a hundred bucks, you can't you can't beat that. Yeah, considering like and I paid the like I paid the full amount for like the uh, the Steel Series X nines. Mm-hmm. I love those things. Those things right. are one of the best headphones I've ever had. So, and they do they are integrating Bluetooth, so you can you know do your phone calls and music through your headphones if you want, which cool. I think is pretty much standard nowadays. But like these ones that I have, my HyperXs, I can't do that. So that would be a nice upgrade. Yeah. Yeah, I hope so. Then a couple of smaller things that I have here. Uh, one, D-brand PS5 plates, the matte black kind of separate plates that you can detach and reattach your own. They are selling, selling very well, and Sony has already begun to sue. D-brand <laughs> already said, you know, hey, let's go try and yeah. sue us, that kind of thing. I really find it funny. Um, if you look at the screenshots, so on the PS5 white plates, there are little X squares circles and triangles and then on the d brand skin they're claiming that they're it's their apocalyptic take 
where there's like a square little robot and a skull with crossbones and the I'm trying to remember what the circle and triangle were. Okay. But like it's it's getting it's so close to like the the Sony one. It's kind of funny what they're doing in a way. Mm-hmm. But it this doesn't surprise me just because Sony made a killing off of the limited edition consoles with the PS4 and the PS4 Pro. And Sony probably wants to protect those plates. And yeah. if you if you wanted to, I imagine Sony was eventually going to sell their own plates, but they just haven't done that yet. Yeah. Do you think they sell their own plates or do you think they just keep it to their special editions where you can get something different? I think the fact that they're detachable, I think they'll eventually make their own or they're going to do something where a third party retailer has to get it licensed right. by by Sony, which dbrand didn't do. D-Brand so how, how much do these cost through dbrand? I think 70 or 50, one okay. of the two. I think it was like 70 with shipping and handling. So, I so think you it was think 60 or 50. You think um, if Sony does this on their like their own version, so they come out at like $75 for plates. And if that's the case, do people buy them? <laughs> I think, well, me personally, I think the plate should be 50. Yeah. The material that these plates are made out of are not this high quality, right? you know, metal or polyester. Like you make a $50 base price for them. And you sell them in stores so people can customize their PlayStations to how they want. You yeah, know, there have been even before the PS5 came out, there were so many mock-ups of Miles Morales themed consoles and yeah. Ratchet and Clank themed consoles and that kind of thing. And I think Sony would I don't want to say it, but I'm gonna say it would be stupid <laughs> not to uh not to capitalize on people wanting to customize their own stuff because as much as you know they sold on the limited edition playstations like you know they got me with yeah um they and me. <laughs> yeah th- th- there needs to be a reason for people to not want to have to fully replace a ps5 considering that you still can't even buy one right so it's so sony's in a tough spot and i and i get what dbrand's doing they're trying to take advantage of the people who want to customize their playstations now and make it you know an all black or something like that for yeah. their entertainment center but i'm getting i'm I'm getting flashbacks to the front plates for Xbox 360s. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, uh, I'm I'm not going to bother. Like I, I don't want to get into any of the legal stuff that they, with copyright right. and that kind of thing with, with the podcast. So, you know, it, it's up to you. If you buy them from D brand, you, you know, you do what you want. That's, yeah. It's not a problem. It's, it's your wanna, console. If, <laughs> exactly. You know, we, we do what we want here for the most part. So just, yeah. just do as you please. Yeah, we're not going to judge you here. That's for sure. (laughs) Um, So the last one piece of news that I had was the return of the six days in Fallujah game, which I thought was kind of interesting. I remember this game getting announced forever ago. I want to say PS3 360 era. Um, And I remember as soon as it got announced, like almost immediately, they shut that down. It was um, I forget who originally did it. That wasn't Ubisoft. I want to say it was like Konami or something, but it was very shut down as being like, yeah, we don't want to do that at all. That's too political of a game. But uh, for whatever reason, it's back and they're making it again. So good, I guess. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if it's yeah, like I've never heard it, of it. If it's like Spec Ops the line, then that's a good thing because that game was great. Um, and, you know, you can take a shooter or, you know, that style of game and give it a decent story 
I'm all for it. So if it's done right, sure. Um, but originally when it was announced, it didn't seem like it was done right. So if they're going down the same path, I can't imagine this will actually make it out. But this just came out of nowhere. And it was interesting to me because I very distinctly remember originally it coming out and people being like, no, no, don't do that. <laughs> we don't want that at <laughs> all. <laughs> so we'll see. Yeah, I've never heard of the game, so I'm interested to see what they end up pulling up with that. And I'm interested just to see more from. Yeah, I'm always interested in games that are remake that I never heard of just because it comes from a generation that I was never a part of. Yeah. And if people like really like that game or something like that, you know, I'm going to want to try it. That kind of thing. I think it was just more. I don't know that it was people are looking forward to it as a good game. It was just controversial at the time for a topic like that to be taken in a video game and you know, them trying to act like, well, we're, you know, this is us telling the true story. And then people are like, no, you're just trying to capitalize on things you shouldn't be capitalizing on. So we wait and see if it actually happens and if they do it correctly. Yeah, agreed. I'll do, I'll go ahead and just race through a couple smaller sure. ones here. Uh, Kingdom Hearts, of course, is coming to the Epic Game Store exclusively. The rebates are all. full priced. I am not going to buy them all. Wait, full um, price for each one? Yeah, so it's 60 bucks. A piece for yeah for these remasters yeah you're pay- I think it's like three hundred dollars <laughs> for the entire Kingdom Hearts oh so it uh it, it doesn't surprise me let me mm-hmm. be honest um I need to do more research and I want to see what people come up with because one thing like you know if it's uncapped like frame rate maybe I'll give it a shot we'll see mm-hmm. if it's up I don't think it's going to be updated graphics at all so it's probably not going to support fourteen forty p like what a lot of gamers on right um i'm super interested to see what the modding community does with it the anytime a game makes it to pc they find a way to mod it and make it better or do, or do something unique and if there ends up being a mod that i have to have i'm gonna buy it that's that's, that's how you gonna, gonna pay go, you know you're willing to pay 60 dollars for kingdom hearts one on it's, pc it, it's the remasters so one so and two Kingdom hearts one two and chain of memories for sixty dollars, you know it's not a bad price. Like, yeah, I do it. Yeah, you know what? I will. I'll, I'll admit to it. But you already own it. <laughs> yes, I yes, I are. I get it. I already own it. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Well, we'll see. You know it. I don't plan on buying them. Let me make that clear. It's right. It's going to take a lot to get me to buy them. Just answer that. We then have Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart being announced for June eleventh, which is I think a good time for for them to be releasing the game. Hopefully, more people vibes but we'll see the cyberpunk 2077 source code was reportedly sold on the black web for a couple million so i'm mm-hmm. interested to see if hacking and stuff becomes more of a thing for that uh one of the scumbag news of the day for the most <laughs> part is people buying happy meals to get the limited edition pokemon cards yep that are out and we actually went to our local mcdonald's today and uh, my roommate got one of the happy meals because he wanted to get the cards yeah it just made sense they had them. Our local McDonald's did. And they were saying that when these things first came out, a person ordered 100 Happy Meals. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and like it, you know, I uh, the, the moment he told me that I was just like, you can't have things like when you did when you were a kid. No, you know, like the the gold Pokemon cards were not something that somebody was going around and buying all of them up. There's all of these. And, you know, I'm these are the type of people I don't like because these are the scalpers, these young entrepreneurs 
yep. with, you know, air quotes around them are the ones who ruin a lot of things for other people. You know, there are a new generation of kids that like Pokemon that want to get their hands on the cards. And if you're, if you're buying up a hundred happy meals, trying to take these packs and if you're the person reselling them, I'm sorry, but you're a scumbag. Yeah. Uh, that's that. There's no other way around it. Like if, if you wanted to get a pack or get a couple for yourself, that makes complete sense. But the moment you're buying a hundred, you, you, people know exactly what you're doing with that. Yep. No, you're not buying a hundred for your four kids. So they each get 25 packs of Pokemon cards. <laughs> right. How many Pokemon cards were in each Happy Meal? Is it just one? I think it was four or five. Okay. And they're all starters from all of the generations, and they have a 25th anniversary Pokemon logo. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I only know of one person personally who bought 10, and even that I thought was like, all right, come on. Because I remember the gold Pokemon cards back in the day, and yeah. that was just a matter of like, you your parents bought you one happy meal when you went and you hoped that you got one there was never i never heard of anybody buying like 30 happy meals ever yeah yeah it's it's just sad because the you know there are always these people who are trying to take the they see the opportunity mm-hmm. in what is a good cute thing overall and right. just make it so that nobody else can enjoy it but themselves or make money off of it for themselves it seems so much worse now in like quarantine lockdown era of people doing this with literally everything like it's always been terrible with shoes it's always been a problem but like it just seems so much worse now like literally anything that could be resold is immediately bought by resellers like immediately i don't i remember it being bad but not like this yeah hopefully these resellers can get a job or something like that or not be (laughs) not be scumbags to the point of what they're doing now yeah true we have avengers next gen announced for march 18th which you know it's it's pretty much a dead player base to begin with but the trailer did show some new content that was interesting so i'm i think i still have my copy of avengers so i will probably try to play through some of that there's trailers now with you know kate bishop or hawkeye so i'm gonna play through story mode but i'm not gonna play through anything else because Anybody who's probably online is light years beyond what I could ever do. I I enjoyed the main story mission and the combat that it had in it uh, because the multiplayer scene was dead on arrival for really me when I tried to get into it. Yeah. Um, I just dropped it right after. Yeah, I completed the main story and did one online thing and then that was it. And I really have no desire to go back to it. So Exactly. And then the last piece of news I have, finally is the PS5 DualSense class action lawsuit. Uh, so on behalf of like a firm in Southern New York, a uh, person went ahead and claimed that the PS5 DualSense has controller drift. And so it was a weather the problem and they don't have enough avenues to fix it and that they fix it with still the risk of having the problem. This is a lot of what Nintendo's going through with Joy-Con drift right now, but this is just something for the general public. If you have a PS5 and you're suffering from controller drift, which I am not personally, you'd have to be really flicking those sticks in order to yeah, in in order to for that to happen to you. You know, there's there's eventually probably going to be an avenue where um this becomes more of a thing probably later on. But I I really haven't heard much of controller drift since the PS5's release. Um, if people are suffering from it, it's a very small amount of people. It's not like Joy-Con drift, 
where yeah. almost everybody has suffered through some sort of Joy-Con drift, especially if you have a Gen 1 um, Switch, which I do, and, you know, I have another pair of Joy-Cons for just such the occasion. So Yeah, I've had a little bit. It seems to have fixed itself on my uh, left Joy-Con, but there was like a, a couple weeks there where it was real bad, but it's not bad right now, so cross my fingers that I don't need to spend another however much they are, 70 or 80. 70? Yeah. All right, and then with that, we're gonna, that's it for the news. We're going to go ahead and do our games played for the week, which um, we both played Super Mario 3D World. Uh, do you have anything else that you wanted to talk about or played? Yeah, uh, Little Nightmares 2. Yeah, um, that's right. I mean, I, I streamed the whole thing, the entire game on Twitch this week, so I think it was a total of five hours. I think for me to get through, I was trying to figure out I did two hour and a half streams and then the third one, I think, was an hour. So with uh, about, what, 20 minutes of cutscene or uh, end credits, <laughs> yeah, <no laughs> it just kidding. went on forever. Um, I had a ton of love for the first one, so I was super excited for this one. And I think it is better in just about every way than the first one. Um, such a great series that I don't think it's a lot of recognition for how well done it is. It looks beautiful. Um, it's super creepy. And for having a game where nobody talks and there's no um, no text or dialogue at all to explain what's going on, I think it still works. Um, I mean, you do have to do some diving, as we found out, to figure out like what their names are and all that. But <laughs> I still got the majority of the story just by playing through it. The ending made sense um, in a way. But you know, this developer, and I'm forgetting who it is, is it Played Dead, maybe? Um, I'm blanking on their developer, but they've done a lot of good games. I don't think they've made any ones that I didn't like yet. So they had Little Nightmares. They had Inside. Um, they had Limbo. Uh, I've liked every single one of those games. I heard uh, on another podcast this week, they described this style of game because they were asking, like, if this is a new genre of game, and they came up with, if it's a new genre of game, it would just be a more modern platformer or a more modern Super Mario, basically. Because um, you're you know you're doing a lot of jumping and running and all that. But it handles really well. There's a couple times where it was a little clunky trying to figure out what to do. It wasn't exactly stated, obviously, how to get out of a certain situation. But that's always been the case with their games. You have to kind of poke around a little bit and figure out where to go. But it had a lot of a lot more uh not jump scares but like making you feel uneasy than the first game did so overall I, it's like a solid nine out of ten for me it's a definite buy it's on my list i said on stream like it's weird that the two games on my top 10 for the for this year so far are both horror games with the medium and now little nightmares too so and we still have resident evil coming so it's looking like it's going to be a big big year for horror slash suspense style games and i'm, I'm down good well i was gonna say i guess like you know during the halloween season you know last year we didn't get to have that just due to COVID. right and people used to you know by me there was like fright fest for george park and that kind of thing and that's not something that you can really do anymore so maybe right. you know getting to experience some sort of like thrill of being on the edge of your seat or tension or fright at mm -hmm. home is kind of the way to experience that for real yeah and like I've been streaming made it more fun to me. I still would have had fun playing it by myself, but it, it made it more fun. And like, obviously, we've been wanting to stream more. And like these games are just perfect for that. 
Um, they're, it's like they're almost meant for that, just to be experienced maybe by people who don't necessarily want to play the game but are still interested in the story behind it. Um, so yeah, definitely check it out if you're into that type of game. Um, I think it's like 30 bucks. It might be 40 Um but yeah, 100% going on my list so far. It should end up probably staying on there at the end of the year unless we just get overwhelmed with insane games this year, which I honestly don't know because everything seems so up in the air as far as what's coming out. Yeah, and one thing I will mention too is that one, this game is made by Tesserae Studios, I believe it's okay. pronounced, or Tarser Studios, and it is going for right now $30 from what I can read. So $30 for a five-hour experience is fair. You can tell a lot of time went into the environments. They're definitely creepy. Yeah, the game itself looks fun. From mm-hmm. f- from me even watching you, I was entertained to see what <laughs> the game, you know, the game had to offer. It was, yeah. it was fun and interesting, at least. Did you play anything else? Uh, no, so I ended up only playing, of course, the... Um, uh, the Super Mario 3D World for Switch. I will say this, too. I didn't get to it yet, but I will hold it up to the camera. This is what I'm looking at next week of playing some Kingdom Hearts finally, Chains of finally Memory. Finally there. Fine. <laughs> Melody of Memory. Melody. Sorry. So <laughs> that will be on the uh, the docket for this week. I should be able to get through that in a week. Personally, I think you'll enjoy the music like thing that they're going for. I'm interested to see whether or not you enjoy the game. Anything <laughs> like because yeah. I'm a Kingdom Hearts fan and I enjoy the music and I enjoy everything like that, the game was a lot of fun for me. Okay. But I completely understand that it's not going to be for everyone. I'm going to give it a solid effort. I don't want to just like try it for 10 minutes and be like, no. But I'm definitely going to try to give it like a, at least a couple hours. Yeah, that makes sense. So then uh, we're both going to talk about Super Mario 3D World, which we do plan on streaming more of. Mm-hmm. Also, you know, aside here at the 34 minute mark, uh, I'm just trying to make sure I'm recording. I don't see the waveforms like they're so small, I guess. Yeah, yours are really I small. Don't see them. Okay. <laughs> I can see a little bit, but like mine are a lot more pronounced than yours are. Just making sure that I'm still recording. I didn't <laughs> yeah, I'm, if I look at it closely, I can see ups and downs. So yeah, if, same thing for me. here. All right. So we're good. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure because I was afraid we were going to there's going to be half of the recording with me not talking at all. <laughs> Regardless, we'll go into the switch version. If you're interested in either playing with us or um, watching us play this game, which it's been a lot of fun. I've had a lot of fun playing with Craig so far. It will be on our Twitch at High Sensitivity Gaming. And I'm the one that's kind of played through the original and kind of gone through this game again. The it's 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 pretty much the same game. There isn't a lot of change to it. I haven't played Bowser's Fury. I plan on playing that sometime this week for next week's podcast. But first off, you know, the the game looks pretty good. Like it looks like the the Wii U version port of it. The the minor adjustments I've liked so far, like the fact that you can sprint in a faster time now is a lot nicer for the game. The being being able to play online while they do hide it in the beginning uh, is is a nice option. It's just too bad again that. Nintendo doesn't have a voice chat really to to get this kind of thing figured out so you could talk with your friends while doing this. Yeah, we there had to work around it. <laughs> yeah, there may be an in-game voice chat, but I really don't know how that's going to even work. You know, we 
Nintendo's going to do what they can, and they're trying to milk all of the Wii U games to the Switch as much as they can to make money. And this one is overall probably going to end up being pretty successful. Yeah. 3D World is an awesome 3D Mario platformer. Of, I never really played too much of the old ones. Like I never played the ones for NES or SNES. You know, I've never really finished um, kind of the Odyssey or the Sunshine or Super Mario 64 games, but I really liked 3D World. 3D World is the kind of game you can you really can just pick up and play at any point that you want and you know what you're doing. The all the levels and the interesting things they use, I think, are done very well. And, you know, the the game overall is good. But I want to hear more from your perspective, Craig, because it's the first time you're playing this game. Yeah. Um I never had a Wii U. So like I know that it's just an over overload of wii u ports right now for the switch but like i personally don't mind because it's all the stuff that i never got to try um it's interesting playing this because having played so much mario maker 2 on the switch seeing all the stuff that they added in there and being like oh yeah i know that from mario maker where it should have been the other way around where like when they added that in i was like oh yeah i remember that from uh, 3d world but it's been cool to kind of not having played it before but know what everything does already because of Mario maker is making it easier for me um, than it would have been. Otherwise I do find that like it's extremely fast for a Mario game. Like you move so fast and it, it's a little throws me off a little bit. Cause I'm not used to being able to motor around that quick. And it's made for a couple times where I would like jump off a ledge or something like that <laughs> or but, throw me off. Yeah. Or throw you off. Yeah. All that. Um, but overall, like it's a, it handles well, um, it, I think it looks good. The levels are great. So like I'm having a ton of fun. It's definitely 100% worth the money for me. And that's also not even having touched Bowser Fury, which I've heard nothing but good about. So again, even though it's a port, Nintendo knows what they're doing. And it's going to be another game that is going to be a, you should probably get this if you have a Switch. Yeah, one thing I'll mention, I guess really the only qualm I have with this game is in the Wii U version, you would use the touchpad, the kind of the separate pad to either blow into the console or touch things on the touchscreen in order to get platforms to rise. How they did it in this game was you press the left or right like key on the back of the Switch, and it brings up a cursor in which you can point and then touch while controlling the character. Yeah. It's kind of janky, and at least maybe it was just the online play for us because the online play, if you look on stream, was not great. Right. Um, because of internet connection and, and that kind of thing, which we're working to solve. But that I'm I'm hoping in updates that kind of get, can be smoothed out. You know, I there's not a lot of levels that use it, but there are particular levels that focus on it very heavily. So it's it's just a matter of getting those things fixed and maybe making it a bit more smoother because it's not it's not really optimized in my opinion yeah i think for somebody in my shoes who didn't have a wii u or didn't play this game once we inevitably get out of this everybody's lockdown phase this is like the perfect party game and i know it was on i know it was on the wii u yeah but like this is a hundred percent a game that you can have three other people over and just end up yelling at each other and having such a good time doing it so and that's exactly what we did on the Wii U version. And we, we've almost 100%ed it. We tried to to get back at it this weekend, but we, we couldn't do it because the last <laughs> level was pretty hard. 
Okay. My opinion. But you know, it's we're just getting there. That's all. That's all we can ever do. And I really do like as I really just wish Nintendo would fix their online stuff. They've been yep. so behind on that, and playing online is more important than ever. Like, yep. it's the it's the only way friends connect really anymore. Is playing Call of Duty, playing Apex, playing these types of games with your friends, and making memories that way because it's really hard to see people in person when you're not at work or shopping or something like that. Yeah, agreed. We see. We see what happens, but this game's a definite buy, even mm-hmm. without playing Bowser's Fury. And I'm interested to see how Bowser Jr. plays in this game. So we'll see what happens and look forward to streaming it. I promise yeah. you won't regret it. It's it's a lot of fun. I mean, we're in the groove now with streaming, so I think we'll I think we'll get through it. Yeah, we'll keep it up. Uh, then that was it for games for me. You said that was it for you. Yeah, I only played the two this week. Yep. So we're gonna go ahead and go into movies. For this week, I watched, of course, WandaVision, which is just yeah. another banger of an episode. Mm-hmm. And then I watched the Netflix original Over the Moon, which was nominated for a 2021 Golden Globe. OK, I think. And I guess I'll talk about this first. Uh, it's a really, really good film. Uh, it is Disney slash Pixar esque. Not okay. made by any of those two. It's made by a Chinese animation company. And I really like the story it was telling. It goes into um, Chinese folklore and a certain a certain god that gets ripped away from her loved one and lives for eternity on the moon uh, with a jade rabbit. And I watched this with my roommate. The songs, the songs I think are all bangers. I don't have any problems with any of the songs. There's a decent amount of them. There are people voicing it like Lena Su, who was in Hamilton. There mm-hmm. are people like Ken Jong, who isn't in the film for very long, granted, but the uh, but is in there and does a pretty good performance anyway. The I think the overall the, the overall movie is just fun. Um, I hate to compare it to it, but just because it's what people have and it's what I watched as a kid, but Disney and Pixar esque, they nailed it. It was just a Really fun movie to watch. I definitely think you and, you know, if you haven't watched it yet with your daughter, I think you guys would enjoy it. Probably your family would, too. Yeah, I remember seeing it on Netflix, but I also remember my kid being like, I don't want to watch that. Oh, fair enough. (laughs) It's just because she's at the age now where anything like she deems as too young for her and she's eight. She's going to be nine next week, but like she's just in that age. So I definitely saw it. I was like, oh, we should probably watch that. And I probably still will because it does look good. I guess I should also mention that we watched it in of itself. Did yeah, yeah, no, you we did. You got to give yeah. me give give your impressions to everybody so everybody else knows they need to go watch it. <laughs> so in and of itself is it, and it's kind of hard to talk about, which is what mm-hmm. everybody says on Twitter. Now, for, for what I will say, and I've had some time to think about it, is it's it's magic, but it's mm-hmm. more than magic. It's it is a really kind of go into it almost as a stage play not as a magic performance yep there is drama there is you know epiphanies there's sadness in it you know it's it's a lot more than just a magic show which is i think what a lot of people go into a magic you know thing go oh you know i'm gonna see a couple card tricks or something like that and the way the magician you know acts he is a very good actor for what uh for what it 
he draws you in yeah to the uh to the show and makes you want to keep watching it's only in an hour and a half so it doesn't take a lot of your time up and it's something where you know you just you, you should just sit down and enjoy it really yeah. like even at the beginning of the movie it asks you hey put away your phone you know mm-hmm. try to pay attention to this because you know you're inevitably going to get sucked into it and i i really enjoyed it in and of itself you know it made me want to you know there are lessons in the film and that kind of right. thing and i i guess what i'll say this is you know magic is an illusion mm-hmm. that kind of you know and that and that's what i'll say about it i think i said more than like most people can <laughs> right <laughs> about it but it's it is a very good dramatic stage play and with magic is what i'm going to call yeah. it yeah I mean, I think what caught me was one, he's very good at the magic that he does, but the amount of uh, emotion that he's putting into it. And you know that like, obviously the one that they recorded, he's going to put the most into, but the fact that he did this, what, over 500 times, right? Was it 500? Yeah. Um, Yeah, 552 or something. And putting that much emotion into something over 500 times has to be incredibly draining. Um, but to be able to pull that off and, you know, have that kind of power in it. And it just, it kills me that more people don't know about this, right? Like, it's almost like I'm taking it as a personal responsibility to get it out there to everybody, because, you know, the first thing I did after I finished is I went to his Instagram to find him and he has Twitter. Yeah. And he had like, I want to say it was like 15,000 people on Instagram, which is a lot, but it's not really when you think about like somebody in the entertainment industry would have who might have millions um, or even on the lower end, some of them have hundreds of thousands. And I almost took it personally, like more people need to see people who are trying something different and need to recognize him. And it does seem like he's get starting to get there. I saw the video he posted of Hugh Jackman talking about having watched it and like he's starting to get there but i don't know i just i feel i take it personally that more people need to recognize him for what he's done and this was two years ago that he did this it just now came out on hulu that the recording so again as i said last week if you haven't watched it just go watch it it's only an hour and a half yeah it's it's worth your time it really Mm -hmm. is and the more people watch it the more you'll be able to talk about it because seeing that and immediately want to talk with someone yeah that was my problem i was like i can't talk about it to anybody because nobody has seen this yet (laughs) so everybody needs to go watch it yeah it's such a cool and interesting concept again it's more than just a magic show like you will get drawn into the dramatic of the entire stage play that he does yeah so if if, even if you don't like magic you should still watch it because it's more than just that yeah true do we do wandavision i watched i watched almost all of fate which is on Netflix, um, which is a new TV series that they have. Um, I, did, I'm enjoy- I didn't see that. Yeah. Yeah. I did enjoy that um, from what I've seen so far. The first thing I thought of when the first episode, I was like, oh, this is kind of mirroring Harry Potter here. Like you have your characters that you could almost pinpoint to Harry Potter characters. And I thought it was interesting that in the first episode, they make a joke about comparing themselves to Harry Potter. So I was like, all right, well, at least you get what we're going for here. (laughs) Um, But it does revolve around um, fairies, right? And every fairy has their own unique power, whether it be fire, water, mind. Some people can read thoughts. Some people can go through walls. They all have their own powers. And 
I've been enjoying it for what it is. I don't think it's anything groundbreaking, but for I think it's like a six episode series so far in season one. It's entertaining enough for me to want to continue watching it. Um, And I was just looking for something new. So I'll I'll have more, I guess, full once I actually finish and see where it goes. But it's been enough to keep me interested in wanting to watch more so far. Yeah, I, I will admit it kind of threw me for a loop because there's like an anime series that I watch and it's like Fate, the Fate mm-hmm. series. So when I saw that, I was like, this isn't like a live action adaptation, is it? And it wasn't, you know, yeah. every time I go, I go scrolling through Netflix, I have to remind myself that's not what I want. It's not what I'm looking for. Right. But it doesn't sound too bad. So I might I might having to end up giving it a shot as well, because I like that type of magic and mm-hmm. mental power. Type of stuff. It's by no means groundbreaking. I don't think they're doing anything that's like oh my gosh, this is incredible. Nobody's done this before, but I think it's done well. So it's not a WandaVision. Look at that transfer. And <laughs> and speaking of WandaVision, we'll now get yep. to that. So this episode, and I'll admit, spoilers ahead. Like, if you don't want to know about the spoilers for WandaVision, you're going to probably just skip to the end of the podcast. Yeah, yeah just <laughs> skip to the skip end. closer to the, to the hour mark. But um, this episode is kind of the one that kind of slowed things down for me for the most part. We get um, it's the Halloween themed episode. So you have Scarlet Witch dressed as the Scarlet Witch and um, the, you know, Vision dressed as Vision, that kind of thing. And we get Vision kind of lies to to Scarlet Witch and goes, hey, you know, I'm going to go out for duty. You know, I got to make sure everything's safe. And she lies or he lies after um, he's kind of exploring the edges of the town where you kind of get to experience more of the limits of her power. And while he's doing that, we're keeping up with the new version of Pietro, uh, you know, dealing with the kids. And I actually really loved the beginning of it with the Malcolm in the Middle references. Yep. This is kind of this is kind of the first one I got. because um the references to it were like i remember watching malcolm in the middle when i was little and you know they kind of did like a whole thing with the brady bunch the episode before but you know i didn't really grow up on the brady bunch i grew up with like family matters and that Mm -hmm. kind of thing so so it's kind of different in that aspect but i'll let you talk about more of the episode i mean there's a lot that happened in this episode but I think what it all boils down to is I still think I'm right. I still think it's Mephisto. I think Mephisto is her brother. Um, that's what I'm leaning more towards now. Um, I think that commercial, which was the most disturbing commercial we've gotten so far. Yeah. Could you make sense of that? Because yeah. I couldn't. I, I mean, that's that's why I'm leaning more towards Mephisto, because to me it was um, I, if you haven't seen it which i'm assuming you have if you're still listening to us but um it's a guy a kid on a desert island who's looking for food a shark comes out of the water and offers him like yogurt but he can't open it and then he dies of you know hunger but to me it almost came across as um like wanda was offered a way to have the life that she wanted right which was with vision with kids the perfect life but she still can't get that And that's what I took from the commercial of it being like she was offered that in my case, I think, from Mephisto. And it's just she can't get to it. She can't open it and actually get what she wants. Um, And it's all starting kind of fall apart, as we can see 
in these last couple episodes. Like she's losing control. Obviously, the farther Vision got away from her, he's seeing that she has less and less control over the people in the town. The farther you go out, um, they're just kind of doing like one thing, like that scene where the lady was putting up the Halloween decorations and she couldn't and quite over, yeah. couldn't quite reach and she was crying like that was crazy. Um, but yeah, that's that's what I took from the commercial was what they're going for. I could be completely wrong. Um, I think that's what's so cool about this is we're all kind of guessing. But to me, her brother, um, knowing exactly what she's doing, right? Like he calls it out like, I know what you're doing. I He wasn't mad about it. He was impressed. Um, to me says that that's not her brother. That's, you know, my personal opinion, obviously, and I might be wrong, but that's Mephisto being like, you know, Hey, I offered, it's like, he offered, this is your way to keep vision and have your perfect life. And you're doing a good job, even though she's, she's not, (laughs) um, she's barely holding it together. But we also got near the end there that like, you know, everybody's kind of been questioning, like, is she controlling everything? Is somebody else forcing her to stay in there? I think it's pretty clear that she's controlling everything at this point, right? I mean, yeah, she completely, the the... <laughs> she expands the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, she expands. She doesn't like a domain expansion. Right. With, uh, with it all. I think biggest, biggest disappointment for me so far, and this is really minor, but um, Darcy, right, getting sucked in at the end. Um, and yeah. they have... They have the uh, like promo pictures for this week coming out. And I think it's such a huge missed opportunity for her not to be a version of her character from two broke girls like a oh, waitress. Yeah, that would be that, right? that like, would have been. Yeah, I feel like that was right there for them to take. And I don't remember if that show was on ABC, if it was somebody else, or even if it was Fox, they own Fox. Right. But um, I just thought it was a, it would have been an interesting way to have her be a waitress. And just have that outfit, I think would be hilarious, but it looks like she's not. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's going to be an interesting last three episodes. I They have been saying that these last three episodes are going to be an hour apiece. Yep. So we're going to get some more, even more, which is cool. But yeah, 100% sticking with my theory. Um, I was getting a little iffy there the last couple, whether I was, if it was something else. But this episode definitely kind of pushed me back in that direction even at one point with her brother calling uh hit her two sons uh hellspawn um i thought was interesting and again with marvel i don't think anything in dialogue is by chance i think they do it all on purpose so we'll see but this may be the first one where i don't say that this is the best episode like, I think every episode would be like, this exactly, is the best one. Yeah, this is the best how one. I felt too. Yeah. And I don't know if it's because we're getting away from the sitcom thing, maybe. And we're getting more towards the normal style of Marvel. Right. But it's still good. I still thought yeah. it was an awesome episode, but it was. This is the first one. I was like, that was good, but it wasn't as good as the last one. But I'm sure it's going to get crazy. The next three. Yeah, I'm just really hoping they continue to bounce off, you know, the, the momentum that we're having, you know, what's going to happen to Pietro here. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm interested to see, like, there are a lot of theories going around that they're going to be introducing the Fantastic Four with the right. Richards theory that to um, Morgan is like, or Morgana, I think is her name, is going to meet up with. John Krasinski. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So we'll... We'll see. I, I think that's a stretch. Me personally, yeah. I think it's a stress to believe that. And I think they Darcy went ahead and kind of confirmed that something's happening to her body, uh, confirming yep. that she's eventually going to become a photon, yep. which um, 
which is cool. I'm just, you know, I'm just, I'm all in to see what happens here. You know, there's, there's so many things and I'm waiting. I, I want to see Darcy become a bigger character, I think, in all this. So I'm really hoping that she finds a way to get to Wanda and be like, hey, this is what's happening. Yeah. Kind of find out that Hayward is up to something yep. because he's, he's tracking Vision. And instead of helping Vision when he gets out of the field, they're all just sitting there with yeah, him. Yeah, watching him die. Yeah. And I guess I'm I, I guess I'm more confused about what's going on with Vision as well, just because I would have imagined had Vision gone out of that bubble, we would have gotten the same face right. that he had when Thanos pulled the pulled the stone out of it, but we didn't. He just started kind of breaking into pieces and breaking apart. Yeah. So I don't know whether or not he's actually alive or something else completely. Yeah, I, I thought the same thing. I thought the second he stepped out of there, he would just drop dead. That's what uh, that's what would make sense. Right. But, you know, that, you know, it was mentioned when she first went and got him that they were working on him. Right. Like he was on it. Whatever they were trying to do with his body. I don't know if they succeeded and maybe he is alive in quotations without the stone. I don't know. But. I, I immediately thought that I was like, well, as soon as he steps out, he's just going to fall over dead. That's just what's going to happen because she won't have the power to keep him animated anymore. Um, but we did also get to see that her kids have powers, too, which I thought was cool. Um, yeah, so, they've conveniently rewritten Quicksilver back into the Marvel Universe with, yep. uh, uh, with, uh, with the kid having the superpowers. Right. So, again, going with the comic books that, you know, both their kids have superpowers and whether yeah, or not they just, yeah, whether or not they decide to have them become the young Avengers that they do in the comic books remains to be seen. But overall, good another good episode. I'm excited for Friday. It's like literally what I look forward to every week. Every yeah. day I go into yeah, work I'm and I'm you. like, all right, a couple more days of work, and then we got WandaVision. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's that's pretty much it for me. You have anything else? No, that was it. Nope. All right, perfect. Well, Thank you guys for listening to this episode of the High Sensitivity Gaming Podcast. One, if you liked it, please share it with your friends. We really appreciate it. If you're interested in getting more involved in the community that we've created here, we have a Twitch, which is alive, very much alive. It's got a pulse. Yes, it does. Uh, we have an Instagram. We have a Twitter. We have a Facebook. We have a site at highsensitivitygaming.com where Craig and I post articles. I plan on posting something about... Um, Super Mario 3D, 3D World. So I know we haven't posted in a little bit because we worked on the Game of the Year pieces that we both uh, mm -hmm. wrote up. And we'll event I'll eventually start writing up more stuff for this. I feel and, like we we sacrifice one for the other. We're like we're we're getting all over the Twitch and then we forget about posting stuff on the website. But I do want to get one up for Little Nightmares at least, since I'm completely yeah. done with that. Yeah, and that's that's nice because what little nightmares was only two you know three four hours to play so mm -hmm. yep it's, it's a nice game to be able to to look at and not take a lot of time to yep but thanks you guys for listening and we will see you guys next time see you later